Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We are thrilled you have joined us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Good morning, New Hope Church. How you guys doing? Good. Welcome. Yes, give God a hand for where we are. Welcome to the Garden Tomb, New Hope. We're about to move over here and have a service, but we're going to begin today our series, Unlikely Heroes, right here at the Garden Tomb, the location that history and antiquity teaches as a quite probable place that Jesus Christ himself crucified right over there outside the city wall, brought here to a borrowed tomb, and resurrected from the dead. Welcome to this exciting series. Uh, I went right to Jesus and picked him. I wanted to, to bring forth the greatest hero of all time, the greatest hero of the Bible, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. New Hope Church, all of our campuses, hear the word of Lord from Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, now as I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Again, welcome New Hope to this series, Unlikely Heroes. The beautiful thing about this message today is you're going to continue to hear singing at different places around this gorgeous garden tomb that we are here today with lots of others, brothers and sisters in Christ who have come from all over the world to gather at this sacred site to worship Jesus. And though you're thousands and thousands of miles away, we are so glad that you are with us. We are so glad that you get to be a part of this. We're going to transition in just a moment and go to a place where we're going to hear the word of the Lord preached and proclaimed. We're going to actually celebrate Holy Communion here while you celebrate Holy Communion at all of our campuses and at Central Campus. And so though we are far away, we get to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ together as brothers and sisters in Christ. A tradition that goes way back in the church on Easter Sunday morning is the pastor will stand before the people and he will say, He is risen. 
and the people will respond, He is risen indeed. I thought we would need a warm-up, but clearly we don't. But let's do it one more time. New Hope Church, brothers and sisters in Christ, He is risen. He is risen indeed. Father God, would you pour out your Holy Spirit upon us? Thank you that we get to gather here at the Garden Tomb. Thank you that we get to share this with our brothers and sisters back in North Carolina. Father, thank you that the tomb is empty. Thank you that Jesus Christ, by the power that you put in him, by the power of the Holy Spirit, rose from the dead. Thank you that you rolled the stone away from the tomb. And because he lives, we too shall live forever. Because he lives, we too can live a new and different and powerful life marked by the resurrection of Jesus. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, we have moved from the garden tomb to another location right around the corner from the garden tomb. And we'll be showing you some scenes as we look at Matthew 25. Uh, 28, Matthew 28. Have you ever actually wondered about how a moving body can mess up a funeral? Have you? <laughs> I mean, a moving body, guys, just will ruin a funeral. I was a chaplain at Duke University. It was the hardest semester of my um, graduate work at Duke. Uh, one semester I, I was a chaplain at the hospital. So I would walk over from the Divinity School and I would work in the hospital. And it was all about pastoral care. It, was, it thrust me into some of the most difficult ministry situations and learning experiences that I had ever had. And even to this day, some of the hardest. I'll never forget the first time that uh, I was called down into to the, the mortuary area of Duke Hospital. I had been counseling this person uh, at their bedside as she was struggling through terminal cancer. And uh, we, we went through all that and with the family and prayed and, and God just didn't step up and heal her like we asked. Have you ever been there? You pray for something and it just doesn't turn out like you want it to turn out. We've all been there. And this was in the worst kind of way. And, and as we saw her pass from this life into the next, I would often be on call for 24 hours. And so the next morning, I woke up sleeping in this little, almost like a closet in the hospital where the chaplains would spend the night. And uh, I was invited down into the mortuary area of the hospital. And it's kind of in the, in the basement area. And I went to see this person that I had spent months talking with and praying with. And uh, I, I was new at this. I'd been in ministry for a while as a youth pastor. But I was new at the whole dead body thing, you know. The, the encounter of a corpse. And as I walked into that stainless steel area, it was like the whole room was stainless steel and... And we went to the, the not the bed, but the, the rack that she was on. And, and they, they pulled the sheet back. And they were trying to teach us all these things. And, and I stood there. And all of a sudden, I kid you not, her, her arm went up. Yeah. That's what I did. 
I thought I was going to jump out of my skin. <laughs> I mean, and that I came to learn that that can often just be reflexes and organs settling and this and that. But I'm telling you, it freaked me out. To this day, I think it still took a good five years off of my life. I think I jumped back a good five feet and a moving body church will just mess a funeral up. It will just ruin it. And what we saw 2,000 years ago is that God in Christ messed a funeral up. When he raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And because Christ lives, the story of the garden tomb, the story of the resurrection, the story of Jesus Christ, and us tapping into that power, that resurrection, enables us to live a brand new kind of life. Amen? It enables us to come alive like we've never been before. It enables us to tap into a power that enables us to rise above the troubles of this world. It enables us to tap into a power and come alive like we've never been before. John 10, 10, before the cross and resurrection, where Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it, what? More abundantly, meant one thing on the other side of the cross and resurrection. But after the cross and resurrection, John 10, 10, means something entirely different because the body moved we can have life like we've never experienced it before and you see I'm convinced that that many people are walking through life half asleep I'm convinced many Christians maybe some of you here today maybe some of you at our campuses Maybe some of these thousands of people who are pouring through here today. Many people I come to, to experience say they know Christ, claim to be Christians, are in the church. But they've just never tapped into the resurrection power that is available for those who believe. Anthony DeMello in his work awareness said this. Most people, even though they don't know it, are asleep. They're born asleep. They live asleep. They marry asleep. They breed children in their sleep. And they die in their sleep without ever waking up. They never understand the beauty and the loveliness of this thing we call human existence. The Garden Tomb Church, Easter, if you will. I know it's August, but Easter, we're, we're having Easter in August. Easter is the New Year Day of the soul. Easter is the day that we can come back to life. The Garden Tomb represents the life that is available for us. Let me teach you a verse, Mark 10, 27. With God, all things are possible. Repeat after me. With God, no, you're not repeating after me, you're saying with me. <laughs> Repeat after me. With God, With God. Now you got it. All things are possible. All things are possible. With God. With God. All things are possible. All things are possible. Is your life based on an exciting and dangerous faith? 
Or is your life based upon habits of predictability and control? Are we living out the unseen reality of God's desire to be intimately involved in our lives? Listen guys, with a resurrection power. Or are we living out our lives in frozen dullness and predictability? That is the question the garden tomb thrusts our way. Have you ever noticed that children, children get this. Children live with an un, just a tangible reality of excitement and thrill. Children have this incredible ability to begin life with faith, dreams, and possibility. Children can see things that we adults cannot see. Children hear voices that adults have long stopped hearing. Children dream dreams that adults can no longer dream. Kids are like God. They can create something out of nothing. And Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Why is it that, that when you went to bed at night when you were a child, and I went to bed at night, we prayed big prayers? Like we knew there were, there were boogie monsters up under the bed. But, but we didn't care. We, we trusted in God. I don't know about you, but this was the one I prayed when I was a child. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord, what? My soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. When, when did we ever stop living with this reckless abandonment of children. When did we when did we ever stop living life on the edge, living life with risk, living life in a power and and a, and a recklessness that can come only from God? If you want to read a great book, it's one that impacted me greatly. Harold Kushner wrote this book titled When Everything You Ever Wanted Isn't Enough. What a title. When everything you ever wanted isn't enough. He said this. I believe it is not dying that people are afraid of. Something else. Something more settling and more tragic than dying frightens us. We are afraid of never having lived. Of coming to the end of our days with the sense that we were never really alive. See, I believe most people aren't afraid of dying. They're afraid of getting to the end of their life and looking back on it and it never really mattered much. They never really tapped into this resurrection power that is available for us as a result of the garden tomb. How do we live that kind of resurrection? I want to talk to you about a few things today. If you got your pen at our campuses and your teaching notes... Right along, those of you who are here with me. Here's the first thing. Christ followers learn to live with risk. What's the word? Risk. Christ followers, as a result of this empty tomb, learn to live with risk. 
They learn to take risks because of God. They learn to take new risks because of what God has provided in resurrecting his son Jesus from the dead. Following Jesus means that every decision we make, every way in which we live out this thing called life, that we no longer have to play it safe, but that we're willing to risk. Are you a risk taker? That's the question I believe this empty tomb thrusts our way. Because listen, if he defeated death, there's nothing he can't do through me. Amen? Amen. 50 people, 50 people over 95 years of age were asked this question. If you had to do it all over again, what would you do differently? You know what the answers were? Reflect more. Risk more and do more things that would live on after I die. Let me share that with you one more time. 50 people over 95 years of age were asked if you could do it all over again. What would you do? Reflect more, risk more, and do more things that would live on after I die. Listen, friends, it is a short walk from the womb to the tomb. It flies by. Here today, gone tomorrow. The Bible says that our lives are like a mist that you see in the morning and when the sun rises up, it evaporates. Life is too short to live safe. Life is to be lived with risk. Risk for Almighty God. Do you think it was a risk for Jesus to go through the dark night of Good Friday? We're here today. We've been to all of these New Testament sites. You guys remember coming down the Mount of Olives? Remember this? You remember how Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane? Remember how he turned his face to Jerusalem? The Bible says he had his, his eyes fixed on the cross. Do you think it was a risk for him? Remember, fully God, fully human. He knew what he came to do. But imagine just for a moment the risk that he had to take for you and I to experience a life of forgiveness. For you and I to be saved. It was a big risk. And then do you remember when we went to the Garden of Gethsemane? Just let your mind go back there, remember? Remember when we, we saw for the very first time that olive grove of 17, 1800 year old olive trees? Remember when we gathered outside and I had that moment, we all felt the Spirit of God kind of show up there. And I told you that the ultimate question that Gethsemane throws our way is this. Am I going to die to self and live God's will? Remember that? In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus' prayer was this. Father, not my will, but what? Thy will be done. And I turned it for a moment there and I said, I want you guys to, from now on, every time you think of the Gethsemane story, it's about Jesus wanting to do the Father's will 
And that you and I, every time we encounter Gethsemane now, the one central question we should be asking God is, God, what is your will? And if you show me your will, God, then I'm going to do it. Well, I just wanted to let you know something today. New Hope Church, I just wanted to let you know something today. When you discern God's will for your life, if you are ever going to take steps in that direction, listen, they will always include risk. You will never tap into the greatness that God has for your life. You will never achieve the great things that God wants to do with you and He wants to do with me until we are willing and ready and able to take risk for God. How's, how's your risk factor? When's the last time you... You stepped out of the boat. I don't know why, but maybe because we visited all these sites, all these images are coming to me right now. Remember on the Sea of Galilee? Just seems like just a few days ago. Remember the quiet moment when we had out there and we read it? Remember the story of Peter? Remember? Everybody gives Peter a hard time because he stepped out of the boat and walked on the water and they give him a hard time because he started to sink. But I got a question for you. Where were the other 11? Where were they, church? In the boat. They were in the boat. Peter. Peter was the only one who was willing to, to take a risk. A risk of being embarrassed. A risk of looking like a fool. A risk of, of sinking to the bottom of the Sea of Galilee, right? right? Can you imagine what, what that first step was like? Can you imagine? You, you, you go... And you, can, risk. Risk. If you're ever going to discern the will of God for your life and then move in that direction, listen, it will require that you learn to come to terms and accept, and here's a key word, embrace risk. Everybody say it with me. Risk. One more time. Risk. The most important thing I can say to you today is risk. Listen church, life is too short to die young. We need to risk more. Here's the second thing and I'm done. Christ followers, as a result of the empty garden tomb, Christ followers learn to relinquish. Write it in, relinquish. Christ followers learn to relinquish control. Think about the first Holy Week. Right before his body was laid here dead. Jesus not only had to risk it all, what else did he have to do? He, he relinquished his will and control over to the Father. He let go. Father, not my will, but yours be done. We are a people for, here's what I can tell you about you. Here's what I know about you, okay? Because I know it about me. Okay, here's the deal. Here's what I know about all of you on the other side of that camera. All of you have control issues. Now that's the four or five of them that are really honest here. Let me try that again. All of us have control issues. Yeah. Man, we love to control things. And we like to take risks. Listen, as long as we can control it. <laughs> so is a risk really a risk if we can control it? No. See, Jesus was willing to take a risk, but then as he went to the cross for us, he was willing to relinquish full control 
to his father who he trusted. Matthew 28, 10, then Jesus said, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. I will appear to them. Take a risk. Relinquish some control. And the same power, listen, that has raised me from the dead will be alive and well in your life. Resurrection power comes in our lives when we relinquish control even over our destinies. When we relinquish control in the risk that God is take, calling us to take. Many of us love to procrastinate. We love to, to hold on to things. We love to control things. We love to white knuckle things. And the fact that God rolled the tomb away and raised Jesus to life evermore gives us the ability to follow in his footsteps. There is a big, big difference between knowing the path that God is calling you and actually walking the path. How many of y'all remember that movie? It has been so long ago now, but it's still fresh in our minds. The Matrix. Y'all remember that movie? How many of y'all saw it? Show of hands. A lot of us saw the movie The Matrix. Do you remember that powerful scene in the movie when Morpheus had this great, great line? He's like a prophet of God if you didn't see the movie. He hits the nail on the head in his comments to Neo, who is seeking the truth. And Morpheus says this, and church, you'll see this on the screens. He says this, there is a difference between knowing the path and walking it. To know the path is one thing. To walk it takes risk and relinquishment. Takes the ability to actually let go. Any U2 fans in the house? U2? Woo! Love some U2. They got a great song, Stuck in a Moment. Remember that one? Incredible song. It's on their album, All That You Can't Leave Behind. Positioned right after their song, Beautiful Day. They've got this song, and it's called Stuck in a Moment. And I wanted to read the lyrics to you because it speaks directly to what I'm talking about today. Bono and the band, they sing this, I never thought you were a fool, but darling, look at you. You got to stand up straight, carry your own weight. These tears are going nowhere, baby. You've got to get yourself together. Here it is. You've got stuck in a moment, and now you can't get out of it. Don't say the later will be better. Know you're stuck in a moment and you can't get out of it. You know it, don't you? The, the song drives to this conclusion. And if the night runs over and if the day won't last and if your way should falter along the stony pass, it's just a moment. This time will pass. Will it? Will it? Will our stuck in the moment time pass? If I dare say, I, I don't think it will. Unless we learn to tap into this resurrection power 
that God has made available to us. Unless we learn to, to discern God's will and then risk things for it. Relinquish control. And tap into the garden tomb power of the resurrection. Amen? The, the symbol on the album, if, you, if you've ever seen it, the symbol on the album for, for being stuck in a moment is four arrows, four arrows pointing in on one little dot. I remember the first time I, I saw it, I thought, what, what a poignant image, picture of, of what it means to be stuck. Easter comes along. The garden tomb represents for us the fact that God has shattered that image. And when we tap into the resurrection of power of Christ, those four arrows that are pointing in on that dot are just reversed and shattered and sent out so that we can live a new life. The life that God has made available for us. What am I saying? Listen, church, I'm saying that Easter reverses that image and makes all things possible. A moving body, I'm telling you, church, will mess up a funeral. And that is what God did 2,000 years ago as we stand on this sacred ground. Satan thought the battle had been won. The powers of darkness thought that they had extinguished the light of the world forever. But God had a different plan. Amen? God rolled back the stone, raised His Son, Jesus Christ, to new life. And because He has, we can tap into a resurrection power that enables us to do great things for God. But listen, it will not happen in your life, in my life, and in your life. Unless we learn to risk for God. Unless we learn to warm up and embrace the notion, listen, that when we think we're in control, we're not really in control. So we might as well just learn to let go and let God. What area today, what area of your life is God calling you to risk something? That's a great question. I ask it of myself often. Is it a relational endeavor? Might it be an educational endeavor? Some of you, God's calling you back to education. But it's going to require you risking something. Maybe it's a vocational endeavor. Maybe God's calling you to start your own business or change your vocations or change your educational degree. And the very reason you haven't is because you're afraid of risk. What is it? What area of your life is God calling you to risk something for Him? And lastly, where do you need to relinquish control? What areas of your life, if you were honest, you would admit that you just, you have them white knuckled. You have them white knuckled and, and what you really know God is calling you to do, but you just haven't been able to do it. God is calling you to. Some of you wonder why in worship people raise their hands. For some of you, it freaks you out. For others of you, you totally get it and understand it. I think what it 
most powerfully means when you see a believer doing that for the right reasons. They're giving up control. They're relinquishing control. What's the universal sign of surrender, church? I surrender. I surrender all, as the old hymn used to sing about. Where's God calling you to risk? Where is he calling you to relinquish and surrender your control? Beloved, I'm here to tell you that if you can discern God's will for your life and couple that with risk and relinquishment, the best, listen, is yet to come. And you will see God usher you into places of greatness. But it'll never happen without risk and relinquish. Will you pray with me? Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would settle in God, even as Christians all over this garden tomb area are singing to you and surrendering to you. Father, I pray that your spirit would descend upon the New Hope group that is sitting here with me today. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would descend upon the New Hopers at our various campuses. Father, for, for the New Hope people who will gather around their computer screens and watch this via the iCampus or on their television, would your spirit move powerfully? And would you minister to us right now? Would you enable us to discern that area, that secret space where you're clearly communicating to us your will for our lives? Father, it might be a relational situation with a spouse, a parent, a child, a friend. God, it might be some vocational endeavor, educational. God, it might be something very, very personal just for my own life. God, it might be something physical. Whatever the case might be, Holy Spirit, would you descend upon this new hope movement? Would you, would you communicate to us with that still, small voice what your will is for our lives? And then would you give us the courage? Would you give us the wisdom to tap into the resurrection power of Christ and risk things for you? And as we do, God, would we, would we relinquish our control and trust these areas to you and you alone? And in the very same way that you receive glory and honor for what you did here with Christ. God would you receive glory and honor. In our lives. As a result of this act of obedience. We follow you Lord. In full willingness to risk. And relinquish our control to you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. The one who did the very same thing. And all of God's people said. Amen. New Hope Church, we're going to turn it back over to the campus leaders and the worship teams who will lead you in worship and then share in the body and the blood of Christ as you take Holy Communion there in North Carolina. Your brothers and sisters in Christ who are here in the Holy Land are going to receive the body and the blood of Christ. Broken for you. Shed for you.
Let us all receive the Lord's Supper. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the bottom of our homepage. We hope you will join us next week. God bless and thank you for being part of our church family.